This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the Miniatures Gaming Companion podcast to dice over everything, where we choose a topic and talk about them for as long as the dice decide. All right, so I'm sure everyone out there has been hobbying super hard lately, just like we have. So we're definitely not going to be stretched for this question. But as always, what have you been up to for hobby stuff this week? Six minutes. Hopefully you got a lot. Luckily, I got a lot. Don't worry about it, man, if you've been slacking. Uh, So I've seen your desk. I know you've got a lot going on. (laughs) So I think the biggest thing that I've been doing is, I don't think I mentioned this before, I I got into Battletech in a big way. Uh So I haven't really played a game of Battletech yet. But I sure have bought a lot of models and sprayed them and started painting them. That's and the normal way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. So then, when I'm when I'm ready, you you don't play unpainted, obviously, right? No. So, so I have been uh, painting a whole bunch of guys. I have like a, a an entire fleet now, and I had to break them up into three different groups. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you know this. BattleTech is a historical game. A historical oh, yeah. fiction where you need to go and check if the armies that you're bringing are historically accurate. They kind of fix it for you because in the later later eras, basically everyone takes everything, right? And they just retrofit it into like the new version of the same kind of mech. But so, if you want to play the classic era of the clan invasion, which was from our childhood when yeah. uh, we played Mech Warrior 2 where you play as a clan who's invading the Inner Sphere, um, you need to sort your guys to be so, in the right right thing. So while you're not into actual historicals and painting things historically accurate for, like, Napoleonics, you're like, oh, no, this this Battletech game has history, and you have to, you have to properly represent the forces fighting each other and their paint schemes. No. No. I'm not painting the, the paint schemes like the actual paint schemes. Uh, so you're still a heretic. I'm still a heretic in any historical thing. My Polish are the closest possible, and I did not, like, color match them, but I painted them basically, like, they're World War II, right? So I painted them basically, like, how they were, but I haven't haven't touched those guys. Although I did, I do have (laughs) a bunch of models queued up to finish that army and turn it into a bolt-action Polish army. So I have the models, I just haven't got around to painting them yet. So that'll probably be a 2023 project. Because I'm working on Battletech. Uh, yeah, so I did, though, I have to, you have to separate, at minimum, though, clans versus inner sphere, right? Because the clans are like the invaders, and they have a different, they, they have a whole bunch of mechs that are entirely for them, right? It's clan yeah. technology. So it's kind of like, you know, you have two different factions. You're not going to have, that's the way I'm playing it, but I want to play it as the two different factions in the time period that I would want to play. Oh. Which is the clan invasion. So like so, uh, but I'm gonna paint them entirely differently. Well, I, I it's not that I'm going to. I have painted them in non-canonical kind of uh, ways. But at least the and factions so, are divided by the canonical way. In the historical time that I want to play. Mm-hmm. Even though I could skip forward and then be much more loose, uh, because at, at some point the clans and everyone start mixing, and, and you know you can get all sorts of different things. But yeah. So how about you? Oh, I've still been painting the raging heroes stuff because 
I don't know. They're way too detailed, and I haven't been putting enough painting painting hours. But lately, I've just been painting mm-hmm. a lot of hair on them because they have, they're you know, they're elves in space, so they have giant hair coming out everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's like half the size of their, well, maybe sometimes the whole yeah. size of their body. So that's the with, coolest part about uh, anti gravity, right? Your hair, you can it, it goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes. You don't need wind to to constantly be blowing at you to have your hair look cool. No, they have futuristic hairspray that takes care of that, but no, it's anti gravity. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. So they, everyone is fighting with magnetic boots and anti gravity. Mm. Not anti gravity, in no zero gravity. On or on low grav worlds or whatever. So when you jump, your hair stays up for like a whole minute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've just been painting a lot of hair lately and come up with new schemes for it. They're very like Eldarish. At least I feel like. Because I don't know I was looking at lots of elder art to decide, oh, okay, what color hair should they have? Mm-hmm. I kind of settled on the fact that there should be a lot of like black, red, and then a little bit of like white hair. Those seem to be the the prominent colors. So I've just been mm-hmm. painting that up. So you are treating this this uh, painting thing as a uh, proxy for painting Eldar. Because you, I remember back in the day, like over ten years ago now, you mm-hmm. were going to create a dark Eldar army. Yes, yeah, so they are not they're raging heroes, dark Eldar equivalents. But I'm, I don't think I'm painting them in dark Eldar colors, even though I'm using mm-hmm. the color scheme that they use in their studio. I don't think the color scheme is actually a very dark Eldarish scheme. So mm-hmm. it's very turquoise and bright and like white. It's not all grimy and dark like you'd expect Dark Elder to be. Dark Elder are not grimy. They're shiny, chrome like in black. That's all. No. Well, the guys They're are... Eldar still. They're elves. Elves don't get grimy. They don't get dirty. When they kill you, they clean their tools afterwards. They clean all the blood they... off. Yeah, exactly. The blood is only temporary. Yeah, well. They cut you in a way that the splatter goes that way, not on themselves, you know? That's, mm-hmm. that's the elven way. Oh, I put lots of white on them, not black, so I feel like that has made them Eldar, not Dark Eldar. That's fair. Uh, yeah, so I have a lot more I could talk about, but I'll leave it for that. All right. What is the f- your questions that if you could start us off? Okay, sure. So I just mentioned that I got into Battletech, and I haven't played a game, right? Okay. Well, I was thinking about... So I've obviously had robots on my mind, and I've been thinking about... Um, the t- different types of robots that are out there, and I don't know if you know, like if you think about the anime robots, mm-hmm. and the then the BattleTech robots, the chunky more ones. like chunky ones. Which ones do you prefer? The chunky, more like you know, often Chicken Walker, more like almost like a tank with legs, or the humanoid, more sleek kind of anime ones, a la Infinity. Mm-hmm. Three minutes. All right. So, this is a hard question to answer because I don't feel like I have enough robots. But as far as, like, my actual preference in terms of the minis I have around and the fact that I've never bought Gundam miniatures, I think I prefer the chonkier guys. Like, all the miniatures I painted up are usually chonkier robots. And Mm. I'm just trying to think. Like, War Machine, which we played, was all about the chunky robots. All yeah. of the Infinity, like, big mech guys I've got so far, I've leaned towards buying the Chunky Boys. And yeah, the Chunky ones more. Yeah, Infinity's mostly about Chunky ones, but a few factions, like... That's not, it's the opposite. 
all right, well then I've entirely just moved towards getting the chunkier ones or I've converted them to be chunkier than they already were. So uh-huh. I guess just from what I've been doing, I've, I guess I lean towards the chunky robots. Yeah, yeah. Infinity is almost entirely more sleek anime style robots with a few chunky boys. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said a la Infinity. Yeah, well, they're, they're literally anime inspired, right? And all of those kind of things, right? They're a lot more humanoid in the way that they walk, right? When you compare mm-hmm. them to the Battletech chunky guys, and there's like a couple. Obviously, the Chernabog, the new one, is a super chunky kind of guy, right? But, yeah, they had to switch but, materials just to make that that one. <laughs> yeah, it's too big. Uh, and also, the Mad Gruber Guard, obviously, it's actually like you know a scorpion tank, so which is the other one that you bought, right? So, it's a, it's a so I, agree, I totally agree with you. I'm just saying that Infinity is mostly anime, like, sleeker robots, that's all. Yeah, and that's one of the ones I have, and it's a full pound of pewter. Yep. Um, for me, I actually think I like the anime... Like, I like both, and they have a very different kind of profile. I especially like the Battletech Mad, uh, Mad Cat, the Timberwolf, the, the one... With the two missile pods on the shoulders and the two laser guns, Chicken Walker with the B, the, what's the B-52 bomber head, uh, mm-hmm. or the Chernobog, right? It's, it's basically kind of like a copy, honestly. From Infinity, yeah, it is. Even it even has the missile pods, but not on the shoulders. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I do like that one, right? That's like an iconic kind of look that looks great. Uh, but overall, I think I prefer the anime kind of style uh, robots. Like I really enjoyed the. Um, for example, the Aleph uh, New Marut that came out, which is very, very sleek, very uh, anime style, and all of the, well, my favorite tag is the uh, the uh, Guai Guaijia, which it's is like a, definitely an anime styled one. It says like halfway in between. It's got pretty chunky legs. I don't think so. Pretty, no. All right, it's not it's not blocky. It's more humanoid. Yeah, it's like it's very humanoid, and the entire stance is humanoid. And if you're talking about like chunk, like it just has thick legs. That's all. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not a tank. All right. All right. So I think. Have you <laughs> seen some animes? They love that. Nothing love that. A lot of people like you know. There's there's anime. <laughs> there's there's a there's a lot of animes with thick waists. That's all. Yeah, it's definitely not a tank. It's definitely not a tank. Thick hips. Right. Sorry. Okay, so that's that is our three on that one. So now bring it back to something else you've got lately. You picked up Blood Red Skies, which is a game by mm-hmm. Andy Chambers, which involves planes. And yeah. we were able to get into that game pretty quickly, just because yeah. it included quick start army lists for all the various missions. I know for the game yeah. we're doing, we're focusing on making sure there's quick start army lists out there as well. Just to give games that pick up and play feel. So I'm just wondering mm-hmm. what your thoughts are on whether games should include like quick start armies. Three minutes. So this is the last one. Yeah. So in my opinion, uh, yes, I think the easier you get, uh, you like the easier you make it for people to play the game, like to, to ramp up into your game, the better. Now I think, uh, Blood Red Skies did a really, really good job is that they have, like, a scenario pack and literally the scenario pack is, like, the first one, you literally have one or two one one ship, or one one ship, sorry, one, I'm thinking of a spaceship, uh, one plane versus two planes, right? And it's literally just to help you learn the rules. And that 
and then it, like you said, it lists the armies, right? You're not. It doesn't even send you into a full game, but that kind of ramp up is so useful for you to get in. And the the great thing about the one versus two ships is that sorry, one versus two planes. I keep on saying that. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it's very like the the scenario was actually super uh, simple and super quick to play. So that we actually once we did that. We were like, oh, we have enough time. It's like literally just that almost almost like the demo that you usually run uh, a new player. Like, you know, not not the entire demo game, but that ent- demo round, right? Mm-hmm. The first round where you just go through the mechanics, that's what that scenario was, right? One guy is trying to make it off the board, and then, which means that you only, the game is only going to last like three turns because they already start so far up, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other person takes a couple of shots at them before the guy leaves the board. Yeah, if you feel like you didn't get the mechanics right, maybe you just do it again. You're like, okay, we missed too much. Go back and try this again. And you don't feel like you're, yeah. you're going to waste a huge amount of time. And you don't feel like you're confused about looking into like the interactions just because mm-hmm. it's given you such a restricted list of things to do. Yeah, so it's even better than, I think, just the intro, like, the, the example list. But when you go skip to the actual gameplay, they, they actually do have, uh, sorry, the actual game, right, the next kind of couple scenarios, they do give you the example list. And, and just that kind of stepping stone to get into playing, to, to ease people on, and is great. And what and, and Blood Red Skies is not even, like, a complicated game. It's actually a very, very elegant, easy-to-learn and play game. And... The fact that they had that was excellent because they did, in my opinion, have a couple of issues with their measuring devices that made it a little bit more complicated. Uh, But because the rest of the game was all, like, laid out for you, you just concentrated on the small things that were maybe not perfect, right? And you could easily get over those. So I think it's great, especially for new games and when you're trying to, to get someone in. Yeah, I feel like war games should do that. Just so you don't feel like one player's force is unbalanced and one person's built a better list, and you're worried like, yeah. oh, you're just gonna lose because you don't know what you're doing. You're not not like net listing. It just lets both players know at least they're on the right footing of where they should start the game, mm-hmm. and they don't have to learn as That's much about like, they don't have to learn the army building aspect as much beforehand. So. Yeah, often army building is an issue, and even if your game is balanced, if you can build unbalanced lists. Or, mm-hmm. like, crappy lists, right? Because you kind of want to be able to do that because you want people to be experiment, right? That's also going to allow people to make a crappy list when they play their friends for the first game. And you do not want a person's first experience to be one where, you know, they had no chance. Like, that can be fun when you go into a game when you know that's true, mm-hmm. right? Like, for for example, in a, in like a, 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 um, I don't know, I was going to say, like, Lord of the Rings-esque kind of, like, uh, last stand kind of thing. Uh, but if you don't know that, because you're both new players, you have no idea, you just brought two random lists, it, it's, like, one of the most terrible feelings that you can get, so. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we'd encourage that, even though I'd say, like, less than half the games do it. Yeah, I think it's becoming more popular now, like, uh, Infinity like literally came out with code one which is an entirely new rule set to to onboard people onto their main game yeah, and, and in some rule. ways it's better because it doesn't have kill uh, uh fire teams but yeah and the rule books for that that'll just have, be throwing shade of course yeah and the rule books for that have starting <laughs> army lists for players 
Yep, it's, it literally has the exact same thing that we're talking about, right? It has like six or seven scenarios where you play them into a full full code one game. Mm-hmm. All right, so that has been all of our questions. If you have a question you want us to answer, why don't you uh, send it to us by email? Uh, contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah, or find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. It's been Brendan. Bye.